In a world where 80s is considered retro, comics now dominate the movies, and toys grace the shelves of every IT call center, we are the The Near Mint Fanboys. Welcome to Near Mint Fanboys. This is uh, going to be a podcast talking about all kinds of geeky stuff, uh, board games, video games, movies, comic books, uh, Lego sets, toys, you know, you name it all. My name's Brian, and I have with me Freddie. Hello. And my brother Chase. Hey, how's it going? Uh, me and Freddie have known each other since, what was it? I would say fifth grade. Fifth grade. West yeah. Elementary level in Texas. Yep. Uh, so long time. Uh, no woot woot there. Uh, no woot woot. woot. <laughs> you know, so there's a lot of history here with us, and, and uh, a lot of that history involves a lot of uh, comic books and action figures and toys and things like that, and uh, we just wanted to have a forum where we could sit and talk and uh, you know give our opinions about things, um, and if you don't like it, uh, you can listen to something else, I you know, whatever. But it would be a fun uh, fun jaunt for all of us and things like that, and I hope you all enjoy uh, what we're going to do. Uh, now we're just going to kind of give you a little background for us. I uh, currently am the store manager at Duncanville Bookstore, and yes, that is a plug. Um <laughs> In Duncanville, Texas, 101 <laughs> West Camp Wisdom, Suite J, 75116. Um, we have a Facebook page. Uh, we have a website that's in the works. Um, we also do eBay and everything like that, but really great store. We mostly specialize in vintage comics, but we've got toys and board games and pretty much anything else you're, you're looking for. Yeah, um, it's a good way to spend a paycheck. <laughs> And I've been doing comics and been involved in comics since 90, 89, 90, um, when, uh, well, I guess before that, because we, we used to get the Ninja Turtle comics at the United Grocery yeah. Store uh, there United in Leveland. Town and Country Gas Station. Town and Country. Back when gas stations <laughs> would carry comics. You know, but before that, you know, other than the cartoon shows and things like that, I didn't really know about superhero comics. So it wasn't until we moved to Houston and I stopped in a little store, uh, an Allsips in Hermely, uh, which is a small West Texas town. Uh, and they had the 1990 one, uh, one series of Marvel trading cards. 90. It's the first series. No, but we um, moved in 91. No, we moved in 90. No, because it was Mom's 50th or 40th birthday. We didn't get those cards together? Not until I came back. That's when I showed them to y'all that I had found. I think I'm thinking of the X-Men cards. Not the Marvel cards. Maybe. Because yeah. I, I remember... Because the, 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 the Marvel cards, their first series was 91. It's our first uh, near mint uh, <laughs> uh, 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 fanboy argument. Which is definitely like goes in with the theme of like yeah. any fanboy. So now we've got lots of listeners because they understand. Of, like, <laughs> they understand the show. No, it's this and everything. You know. <laughs> Quick, to the internet. Cause were we in, at least in junior high together or was it in middle school? Because uh, we, we moved in. I moved halfway through my eighth grade. 
because because I thought I remembered you and I because we when we were taking like the task test or whatever uh-huh. the, in junior high. I think the year before you moved, or the year probably the year that you did move, that we they they let us out for lunch during uh-huh. the task test, and we went to that Allsup's down the street from the junior high. And I, I swear, I thought I may be thinking of the X Men cards or, or the Marvel cards. I can't remember, but I thought that that's where we started getting some of those packs. I don't remember that. I mean, it's very possible, but I, I, the, my first remembrance of them is finding them at yeah. that that Allsup's and Hermely uh, right. as yes. we went down mm-hmm. there. See, I didn't see it. You didn't show them to me until because I didn't get your extras because <laughs> I'm the little brother. Little brother. I <laughs> have to get the leftovers, <laughs> but I didn't see them until you, you all the came aunt, back. The aunt May trading card, <laughs> right? Because you didn't go with us on that trip. No. It was just me and mom, and we right. stayed in this hotel. Okay. My dad's. Hotel room because he was working down there, and so we could find a house. Okay, that sounds more familiar. Uh, and uh, so I got some on the way there. I made mom stop on the way back and picked up some more. And that's when that's when I first found them and started getting interested in these characters and things like that. Um, you know, particularly the X Men and stuff like that. And that that was always my passion was the X Men characters, um, uh, and still is for the most part today. Um, but that that led me on a road of collecting comics and. And it was always into action figures because had G.I. Joes. We had He-Mans. Yeah. Uh, uh, me and Freddie were, were notorious for scrounging couch cushions to get uh, five bucks so we could go get one Ninja get, Turtle get toy. Ninja Turtle at Walmart. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Ninja Turtle at Walmart. <laughs> um, you know, so that's 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 a little bit of my background. Um, you know, I, I'm married now, and I have a, a, a five-year-old son who I'm getting to uh, show all these things, and he's having his own experiences with things that are coming out now, so it's it's a lot of fun. Um, but I'll let uh, Freddie give you a little bit of background about him. So my background in terms of, well, Brian and I, you know, like I said, we've been friends since uh, probably fifth grade, uh, about a year after I moved to Leveland as the new kid in school. Uh, and then with a break of probably about 20 years after he, after he, after he moved away. Uh, and then we found ourselves over comics because he was managing a comic book store when I moved to Dallas and, uh, we bonded over love. that again. Yeah, it was true love, <laughs> true nerd love. True love. And then, uh, shortly after we started hanging out again at the comic book store, we, he had, Brian actually had the idea of, of doing the podcast cause I'd been wanting to, to do podcasting for a while and he had the idea to do it. And then here, about three years later, here we are sitting behind the mics. I would say, like, I think, like, that to give to give listeners an idea of like how long it took for for us to get behind these mics. I think Marvel renumbered all their comics at least like five times between the original discussion. Possibly, yeah, <laughs> at least. And we we almost hit uh, DC renumbering. Yeah, renumbering. Second time. <laughs> yeah, we're like, come on, guys, we gotta we gotta get this show on the road because that'll be a whole episode in itself as a rebirth. Uh, but I got into comics. I'd always. I wouldn't say I always collected them, but I always had comics as uh, that, like my mom or my dad would get me as a kid. I never really read them, but I always just like looked at the pictures, uh, getting like Disney comics and like uh, Marvel and DC comics. It was more of like a, a a bribe to get me to go to church. And then, like after church, we'd go to like this little gas station in the town that I grew up in before we went to Level and get get some comics. It wasn't until '89 where I actually started reading them uh, when uh, the '89 Batman came out. And that's when I started collecting comics because I was just like, I need more Batman. <laughs> uh, and I think the the first comic that I started reading, where I, where I just never stopped reading comics after that, was the uh, I forget the number of it, uh, but it's the uh, Batman Lonely Place of Dying storyline, mm. where Tim Drake uh, not technically gets introduced because I think he gets introduced in a story prior to this storyline. But yes. this, this is the one where he's in like every issue and he hunts down. Uh, helps Batman hunt down. I think it's Two Face mm-hmm. is yes. the character in that one. 
and it crosses over with Teen Titans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you've got like uh, Jim Aparo doing art on Batman. You still have George Perez doing art on Teen Titans at the time. So that's a really good uh, art story. Not mistaken. That's actually the story that Tim Drake first becomes Robin. Yeah, well, at the end, because I think he wears uh, Jason Todd's Robin costume he does, yeah. uh, to rescue Batman. Of course, Batman just like, oh, did you say Martha? <laughs> uh, and, uh, we'll get to that later, folks. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, don't worry, we'll get to that. Uh, so, yeah, so ever since then, uh, I've, I've been in the comics, been reading them nonstop to a point where, and I had a, a, <laughs> a story to tell you guys that I never told you guys before. Well, Brian and I uh, actually tried to do our own comic when we were in junior high. Yeah. Uh, that I think we called what was it called Fury or the Fury or something like that. Oh man, I don't remember. Uh, there's <laughs> probably, probably some pictures in that that sketchbook uh, towards the beginning. I, I found one of my old sketchbooks. Is it everything in this house have stains on it? Yeah, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> that's an inside joke. You guys, listeners, will never know. That's uh, great for a visual or uh, an audio medium. Yeah, like well, this, you'll probably right? you'll probably see a video with something <laughs> later. <laughs> But yeah, but Brian and I came up with the we like like all nerds that are into comics. At some point, we think we can all create our own comic book, and we came up with the comic book called Fury. Yeah, I think yeah. that was one of my characters on the page before. Yeah, that was yours. Yeah. And as you can tell, I ripped off like Jim Lee because <laughs> yours was like a, Scott Williams. There's <laughs> probably some Rob Liefeld, which I shouldn't admit. Yeah, that was your other character that like Brian's character had. Oh, that was Cole Harbor's character, the Wolf. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and this like, was mine. That was yours. It was like really Gambit inspired. Yes, but that, that was his alternate outfit with the trench coat and knives. His regular outfit was kind of a Wolverine liquid metal outfit. Uh-huh. For well, I can't. I can't I'm unfortunately, we can't remember the names of our characters. Mine was kind of like a Batman slash uh, the Fly from Archie Comics because he had a amulet that would turn him into <laughs> like a Raven uh, yeah. type character. So we we actually drew scripted and drew two issues of, of our Fury comic and I think that's around the time like Brian moved so it, we kind of set the, that to the side and I think no I think we actually worked on it when you would come back yeah we tried to yeah and I do remember doing that <laughs> but the story I had in, in terms of like actually writing comics when I was in, in college uh, good old South Plains College whoop, whoop, another <laughs> plug for West Texas as a college student in the mid to late 90s I was into Power Rangers like all college nerds were and uh, Hamilton Comics had the uh, the rights to the Power Rangers uh, to do, and I think they yeah. didn't. Hamilton used to do like Uncle Scrooge and stuff like that because I don't know if Disney had their own imprint. Uh, yeah, I believe they, so. They had the publishing for because I just remember I, seeing I, Uncle Scrooge. Ads. I think it was Hamilton. I don't know if it was. Um, no, I'm thinking about Gladstone. I'm not sure if they had the oh, yeah, yeah. the Disney ones at that time. I think, well, Gladstone may be older. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a little rusty on my history on some of those other independents. <laughs> Time. Well, Hamilton had the Power Rangers, yes. line, and they, and they had, uh, and that was a really like kid friendly comic. The artwork was just really cartoony and stuff. But I still, I still read the comic, and uh, they would have a section where like where people could write in uh, or draw like their own characters that they wanted the Power Rangers to fight. Because that was the you know just like the TV show, every episode was like the villain of the episode that you know would eventually get big and fight the characters. And generally, it was always little kids that designed the characters, but I'm sure like some teenagers did it also, or right. like young adults <laughs> like myself. So I, I submitted a character that that I created, and I actually wrote a story to go along with it, and I scripted it and broke it down by scene and everything like that, and sent in character designs and stuff. Sent it in the Hamilton Comics. A few months later, uh, I get a letter uh, from the editor, and I still have the letter somewhere. I wish I'd brought it out for this, uh, where he actually said that they were going to use the script and use the character. And uh, they, they wanted to use a script, wanted to use a character. Uh, we're going to fax me the information to get a, a pay for hire. 
to you know where I would actually have written a Power Rangers comic. Oh, cool! But they lost the license at the time it went to Marvel. Oh no! Yeah, so they weren't, and you know, and back then comics were like done six months out. Yeah, where uh, it wasn't a quick turnaround time for that, so they had already had the deal with Marvel, had to submit all their stuff over to Marvel. But they did say that they they were sending my script and my character designs to Marvel uh, because they, they were like, it, it's a good story, so we're going to send it over to them and see. They probably they more than likely already have their plans that they're going to do with it, but we're going to send it anyway, see if they like it and if they would be interested in doing it. And I remember the character I created was called the Boom Boxer, <laughs> and he was basically Soundwave from Transformers. He was he was a, a boom bo- a giant boombox uh, robot character. Uh, with a subwoofer for one hand and a boxing glove for the other hand. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And I came up with a whole story around it, and, uh, and then it, but they said they were going to submit it over to Marvel, see if they wanted it. Then a few months later, Marvel lost that license to Image, which I always thought was weird because like, Image is like creator-owned. I didn't know that they would do franchises or stuff like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, I, 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 I know. Everyone sells out eventually. Yeah, eventually. <laughs> <laughs> and I, to be honest, I don't even remember any image power ranger comics yeah i think that's so when they, they, they had the zero warriors or something like that uh, okay when they changed to like where the they had the stars on their faces right. and stuff like that or when they were driving trucks wow <laughs> but that's my nerd cred <laughs> chase do you have any nerd cred uh, well save the best for last but you know since they're not here i guess i'll go uh, being brian's younger brother uh, i was introduced to all this stuff through him in a way, as I jokingly said earlier, about getting his leftovers. Uh, sadly, that's kind of true. Being the younger brother, you get your older brother's leftovers. Growing up, unlike most kids who have to have their security blankets or whatever, I had a security He-Man figure. <laughs> to this day, I still have that figure. Oh, well, that he does. That's uh, awesome. But my introduction to comics and everything came more through uh, some of my earliest memories were actually, you know, my dad and mom buying me Secret Wars and Superpowers action figures. To this day, that has influenced my liking on a lot of characters. I mean, I knew who King the Conqueror was before I knew who Thanos was or Galactic. I mean, you know. To me, characters like Firestorm and Doctor Fate and Red Tornado are just are more iconic than Aquaman and Green Lantern. <laughs> you know, uh, so as far as actual comics go, uh, the first comic I ever owned was a copy of Web of Spider-Man number one, given to me by my cousin uh, Donovan. But as, and then also, I remember watching Spider-Man and his amazing friends, or all the various. Videotapes would get from Video Express in Leveland, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, such as the Spider-Man, the old Spider-Man series, or even Spider-Woman. I mean, I knew who Spider-Woman was before some of these more popular <laughs> characters were. But it wasn't until the move to Houston and discovering the Marvel trading cards, which I actually own a set of those cards. But uh, that's where I discovered these characters and fell in love with them you know and that opened the door for me as far as following more on dc and then image comics started up around that time and yeah i mean let's face it people we were all image fans during those early days we don't want to admit it now but it's true it's kind of like liking vanilla ice back in the day you know we all liked it we all owned a copy of vanilla ice's ice ice baby you and i had a weird (laughs) obsession with vanilla ice because i remember when when you guys moved to uh where you guys moved pretty close to where we were like right before the houston move because you guys were living like right behind yeah was it kfc or burger king or something like that in that trailer house yeah that trailer yeah yeah Yeah. and then like down the street we lived 
lived down the street back in Level Land, and I remember going to, to your house and being in, in your room uh, in the trailer, and we were just listening to my cassette of Vanilla. We were listening to the Stop That Train. <laughs> like, not even the good Vanilla I saw that was on there. <laughs> well, let's all admit it. <laughs> Ninja Turtles 2 was the greatest Ninja oh Turtle of all time because of Ninja, Ninja Rap. Rap. Ninja Rap. <laughs> I, think we, I think this will be the part where I cut in a clip of Ninja Rap <laughs> into the episode. Uh, again, getting into comics and nerd culture, but I also grew up, you know, He-Man, Thundercats, G.I. Joe, Transformers, so many obscure, I mean, I could list so many obscure cartoons we watched back <laughs> in the day. I mean, oh man, GoBots, uh, Thundar the Barbarian, Goldtar and his Golden Lance. Yep. I mean... <laughs> I mean, we could spend all day talking about this. I mean, all oh, that man. stuff is introduction to this new cult, popular culture that <laughs> pop culture. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, that has developed over the last ten years or so. Yeah. I mean, I, I make I jokingly reference you know all these people who are into comics now because of the movies gotten so popular. Heck, I told these people this stuff was awesome ten years prior. <laughs> I mean. Just goes to show how much you should listen to us. <laughs> right. yeah, we're your one-stop shop for pop culture references. <laughs> but yeah, um, because it, it's gotten to the point where like now there's like a, a divide between because before it was just like you liked comic books and then everything else came with it. Like you, well, you also like cartoons and you also right, like action yeah. figures. But now it's just like because there's like a separation between like, there's people that like the Marvel movies but they don't read the comics. Yeah. Right. And like now there's a separation between or even just cosplay people only cosplay but they don't know anything else about anything else. Right. So like it's split up into like so many other bigger groups now. Yeah, we like, have probably. so many subgenres. Yeah. You yes. know, in the in the culture now. Um, and it's so weird to call it a culture because before, you know, I, you know, I, before it was our dirty little secret. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. For some people, it was a dirty little secret. I mean, I'm never really ashamed of it, but yeah. I didn't necessarily talk about it exactly. either. You know, um, but it's you like know, it's one of the things I got. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, got locked in the closet or locked in the locker room, or because I liked you know comic books or I liked you know this or that. Yeah. You know, and I had glasses, so I was immediately a nerd. You know, yeah. and everything like that. Now it's it's it it's such a diverse breakup of that um you know i mean you know that they they made movies about how nerds had to get revenge against the jocks uh you know and now it's it's almost the opposite you know in some cases you know where you've got movies where the cool kids are the nerds you know and so it's (laughs) it's it's such for uh for you know people like us at our age to see that dynamic shift you know it's great and a little unnerving at the same time for yeah. me, anyway. Yep, the tables have turned, yeah, because uh, I work with a bunch of, like, millennial nerds, and I can't, like, I, I never thought, yeah, like, I never thought I'd get tired of, like, hearing about, like, pop culture stuff and nerd stuff until I started working with, like, younger guys. <laughs> and it's cool, you know, if you guys want to listen, be sure to download the episodes. They're talking about stuff I don't even know what they're talking about. Like, right. I don't know what that game is. I don't know what this weird yeah. show is you found on Netflix. <laughs> 
And I was like, I remember when I was, and, and, and they're cool. Like, I guess in their circles, they're considered cool. Like when I was their age. Yeah. Like, <laughs> people are still like, like you read comic books. Cause I remember in high school, like, I, like, like there, the, there weren't, there weren't like, they, they have everything that they could find. Like if you want like a Batman, you know, something there, there's oh, some yeah. kind of merchandise that has this or this or this on it. I had to go to like, like American flea market in Lubbock. And found like a bootleg X Factor T-shirt, right? And I would wear that to high school, and I was just like, "Oh, this is the most awesome thing ever!" And then it like tore up after a couple of washes. Yeah, I mean, for us to find stuff when we were younger that was yeah. that was comic related, yeah. unless unless you lived in a metropolitan area, like we ended up finding out once we moved to Houston. Mm-hmm. But before that, you know, you lived in a small town, you you just couldn't find it. And this was <laughs> the days before online shopping or eBay, you know, whatever. You I mean if you wanted something, you had to. Go hunting for Drive it. to the store and find <laughs> it. Yes. You know, if it wasn't at that store, you had to go to the next store. <laughs> <laughs> but it's weird now because, like, remember, like, in the boom of the 90s for comics, like, every store was just like, we got to get it on this. So, like, you'd find comics at, like, gas station, which is, I mean, that's where I found them anyway in the yeah. 80s. But, like, uh, you know, Walmart would have, like, you know, the shrink-wrapped collections mm-hmm. of stuff you could buy and stuff like that. And now, like, is it, is it, uh, can you... Like really, only find comics like uh, specialty shops or comic book stores because it's like for the I don't, most part, yeah. Like that. Well, uh, you still have you know. Well, I don't know if Toys R Us is doing them anymore. Toys R Us used to do uh, um, comics. You can still find them sometimes like at Barnes and Noble. Noble. But most but they, of they mostly them, do like the trade paperbacks. I, yeah. I have discovered that, like especially in small towns, you might still find some grocery stores that still yeah. do them. Yeah, right. Like, you know, for that same respect, because we are in the na- age of the internet and things yeah. like that. It's so easy to order comics and mm-hmm. things like that and have them delivered to the house and, yeah. and stuff like that. So I, I, I don't think that the smaller towns have a lack of access to it. I, I think they have a different kind of access and even probably more access than yeah, we do. Well, yeah. hey, digital comics. And, and then there's, yeah. there's the other point is digital comics. Now, you don't even have to have a, a physical copy in your hand, and that, that may be a, a topic for another <laughs> show. Like Brian's against that. <laughs> Well, you know, I do kind of sell them for a living. So. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, but but I've got some other reasons, and like I said, that may be another show that we yeah, have. I think we have a whole episode like we're going to devote to that. I, heard, I did hear that Walmart's going to have like a trade paperback section they're going to start. Yeah, that that's true. Now, and, and you can find a lot of places have trade paperback sections. No. Um, you know, you've got, uh, 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 like I said, uh, Barnes & Noble definitely... Not that there's many bookstores anymore, but uh, uh, Half Price Books carries oh, yeah. used comics and used trade paperbacks, but I believe they get new ones from time yeah. to time, mm-hmm. too. And um, Walmart has like the kids' stuff and everything like that, but they'll be carrying the trade paperbacks here soon. Um, I'm not sure about Target, if they're going to do that. They've carried comics in the past... Um, but I don't know that they're doing anything now. You know, it's like I said, it's it's really fairly easily accessed. But in the area we live in now, which I don't know that we've mentioned it, we're all in Dallas, Texas mm-hmm. now, or in DFW the area. DFW. Um, there are fifty some odd comic book slash gaming stores in DFW. So there is no lack of access to comic books in <laughs> yeah, this area. Like there's actually <laughs> stores that are franchises. Yes, that's crazy. <laughs> The access is there, and you know one of the things that we'll we'll be talking about is is the nerd culture. Some of the other things that we're going to go into, we'll talk about specific movies. Um, you know, do some quick reviews. This is just going to be a show where we're just kind of talking comics and talking stuff. We'll have a little bit of structure and have some topics and things like that. But we won't stick to that. Come More on, likely, we'll probably not. trail off. In the- <laughs> um, you know, so we've got lots of 
ideas and things like that, we want you all to send us some information too. Send us some things that you might want us to talk about. And I'm going to let Freddie tell you what uh, avenues we have that you can contact us and uh, send your ideas and suggestions to us. Yeah, and I was just bringing that up right now. We do have our, our Twitter, which I'm on quite a bit. Uh, you can reach us at Near Mint Fanboys. If you want to email us, you can email us at nearmintfanboys at gmail.com. We do have two domains. We have uh, nearmintfanboys.com, which right now is just a blog where I, I do like toy reviews. I have a, an article where I get real retro on like old Saturday morning cartoons and stuff. And then, uh, but we're going to move all of that stuff over to a new site uh, at that's going to be thenearmintfanboys.com. We're still going to have both domains, and they're both going to go to the same, the same address. And on that site, we're going to have more stuff. Uh, our YouTube channel, which is Near Mint Fanboys on YouTube, uh, we have a few videos on there. We're actually working on one right now that we're going to post, or a couple of videos we're probably going to post here in the near future. Uh, so there's like no way you cannot get in contact with us if you want to participate, uh, give us uh, show ideas. Uh, we're probably going to do like a uh, top five list uh, for for uh, most of the episodes, and we want to get your feedback also on like what your top five or whatever subject that uh, that we want to use. So yeah, just feel free to to let to get with us. And it's surprising we have sixty followers on Twitter for a podcast that's being recorded now. <laughs> wow! Hey, do we do we have a Facebook? Do we still have a uh, Facebook? We I'm I'm working on that. We didn't have one set up, but I'm sure uh, you can find a Facebook uh, by the time you listen to this. That will be uh, the Near Mint Fanboys. Because that's not taken yet, so we'll definitely have that. <laughs> uh, we'll plan on uh, also doing an Instagram account. Uh, yes, I, I have an Instagram account, uh, uh, my own, but I, I did create a, an action figure Instagram account. If anybody wants to follow that, because I do link it, I, I link our website to it. It's called uh, inaction underscore figures, inaction as in no action. Because technically, those figures don't do anything. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so in action, so so so, <laughs> exactly. they're, so they're McFarlane figures. Yeah, they're McFarlane figures. They're already pre-posed, <laughs> and they have two points of articulation. I remember I had that that's that first that, spawn figure. That oh, articulation right. is opening the box and closing the box. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> but yeah, so we do have. Uh, we'll probably have near man fanboys on Instagram. Uh, we I do have uh, in action underscore figures where I just you know take pictures of my action figures. <laughs> like most adults on Instagram team. He likes to play with his toys. I do. Coming from the farthest reaches of the universe to challenge the worst villains on Earth are the most powerful heroes ever in the Battle of the Superpowers Collection. Impossible. The Hall of Justice under attack. Batman behind bars. New from Kenner's Superpowers Collection. Hall of Justice playset. Some assembly required. Vehicles and figures sold separately. Who's the trap door, Batman? Brainiacs taking over the computer. Joker in the elevator. Evil forces joining for a final assault. Who can restore order? Superman! Can Superman save the Hall of Justice? You decide. We're back. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> this movie was uh, highly anticipated by so many people. It's been talked about forever. They've never had Batman and Superman on a big screen at the same time. It's, uh, it's been in the works for many years. I mean, it's, yeah, they've been, been talked different uh, iterations of it. several different. Ever, I mean, even ever since, maybe even as far back as the original Superman movie with Christopher Reeves, they've been trying to get. Batman and Superman on the screen together. Right. Yep. Absolutely. And, you know, I'll, I'll be the first one to say that I have not always been a big fan of most of the DC films. 
I, I don't like the dark nature that they try to do and things like that. I like a comic book movie to be a little more fantastical and not so based in reality. Uh, that said, I've enjoyed all the DC movies they've done. I just haven't enjoyed them as much as I've enjoyed other comic book movies. Marvel. Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's the easy one, you know. But, I, you know, for the longest, uh, I would have told you that Hellboy was the most definitive comic book movie because yeah. I thought it was so accurate to the character um, and it's still to this day one of my favorites and I thought best representations of the character. That um, doesn't include his Ron Perlman love affair, yeah. Well, you know, it's, he's, he's a sexy man. What can I say? He's a sexy beast. <laughs> and yes, you can quote him on that, folks. And he was a beast. <laughs> Again, if you're a fan of the 80s, you know what we're talking about. Oh, yeah. And so you said that, I was like, well, I'm just going to go with, I'm going to go with it. And I was like, oh, it's pretty clever. So this movie starts off with the same thing they seem to have to always start off with if they have a Batman in a film. We've got the death of Bruce Wayne's parents. The origin story. The origin, which I thought they did okay with it. I, well, you know, it's it, a, it, it was it was a very well filmed origin. Yeah, I but I don't know that we needed it again. Well, no. I like that they used it as opening credits. That way yeah, you get true. it out of the way. Batman has had how many films and everyone has had an origin or a touched yeah. on his origin. If if you're alive today and you don't know Batman's origin, <laughs> you've been living under a rock. Yeah. It's kind of like Spider-Man and Uncle Ben. Like you don't need another origin. <laughs> you know, I, but that said, it was a very well done origin. I really liked the the cinematography in it. I liked the 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 way it was filmed, the with the gun, you know, pulling back, breaking the pearls. I just don't know that it was needed yeah. again in this film. So for this universe, um, hopefully they won't Hopefully Batfleck oh, oh. won't put it in his movie when he directs it. Hopefully we're done it. with it. Then we go into destruction from Man of Steel. But it was all from uh, Bruce Wayne's point yeah. of view. Batfleck yeah, you see runs him, really weird. <laughs> you see him running through the city, driving a car like a maniac, and getting to Wayne Tower. Which, apparently, Wayne Tower is where uh, Superman fought Zod in the tower, and Zod's... When Zod realized he had laser beam eyes. Right, and all that. So, all that happened in Wayne Tower. So, it's not something I think we... New in Man of Steel, I think it's something they've added for this film to yeah. uh, to do the tie-in. Well, and I know in Man of Steel, the only Batman ref or reference to Batman or Bruce Wayne was there was a satellite. The Wayne Tech satellite. Yeah. Other than that, you're right. I think they did change that, or add, yeah. they they came like they revealed more with. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think they hid anything. I don't think that they changed anything. I don't think that the building in Man of Steel had anything there that wasn't planned that, 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 that defined it as this is something else, and then they changed it to yeah. Wayne Tower. Well, I think it was just a nondescript building that they yeah. used. And then they were able to use that as a vehicle into the next film. And let's face it, even if they did have that stuff in Man of Steel, you weren't paying attention to that anyway because you're seeing Superman versus Zod. And if you weren't paying attention to that, your priorities are way (laughs) off, people. I I think they kind of fell ass backwards into a plot when they they came up with uh, Batman v Superman. Where they're just like, oh, Batman will be mad at Superman for... Maybe one of his buildings was one of the buildings that got destroyed. So in that in that scene, a lot of the Wayne Industries uh, employees got killed, and that um, allowed the anger that uh, Bruce motivation. holds the motivation yeah. holds for uh, for Superman. So after we see that, we then go to Lois in the desert. She's an African. She's going to interview uh, some warlord. So then you see Plot this uh, this <laughs> terrorists bodyguards turn on them and kill everybody. And then leave the area. 
The the terrorist warlord guy then takes Lois hostage, and in comes Superman. He stops the terrorist from killing Lois. I essentially, they basically the say he wall. kills the terrorist. Yeah, I was like, I think he, he killed that terrorist. I mean, he just <laughs> plows through him. He plows through him. I, well, right. come so on. This is it's, it's unclear world whether world. he actually died or not. I don't know. I, I want to hope that Superman's learned his lesson from killing people and that... Uh, <laughs> He's, this is not something he does on a regular yeah. basis. Um, but it's implied that he, 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 uh, wiped out these guys. Um, I just want to say in, in that scene, I don't know if you guys knew this or not, but in the credits, that guy who Lois is with, that, that was like her camera operator or whatever that, oh, the yeah. Game, that was like, this, uh, in the credits, he's listed as Jimmy Olsen. Is he really? Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So if Jimmy, you Olsen Jimmy Olsen is a CIA agent, <laughs> <laughs> a dead one now. Yeah. <laughs> so from then we go, um, I don't know. I'm probably not going to know. I, I believe I believe that's when they start. It's after that is when they start. Uh, uh, what's her name? The lady who played the oh, senator. Yeah. Right. So we so we get the senator and they're interviewing somebody from Africa and they're saying uh, he came down and killed everybody. He's wiped out villages and all this stuff like that. Which you're like, what? Well, and that's that's always been the thing with Superman is that you know he is the the most powerful being on the planet. You know how do we control that? Well, the the best answer is you can't. We've got this set up where you've got the the animosity between Batman and Superman, or at least the Batman's animosity towards Superman. Superman has no idea about it yet. Yeah. Superman has come back and he's you know he's antagonizing over the things that are going on, the, the the way the people are reacting to him and things like that. You're actually seeing remorse from him in in various different instances and 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 things like that, and wondering if he should still be Superman. On top of that, as a, as a reporter Clark Kent, he's now finding the story of Batman thing about that really I think catches Superman's attention is that the people who are getting branded they're going into prison but they're getting killed in prison because they have the Batman brand. Mm-hmm. I don't really understand why the prisoners who don't have the Batman brand are killing the prisoners with the Batman brand. I don't know. They don't really explain why no. that's a thing. Well, or it is a Zack mm-hmm. Snyder film. So yeah. sure, you know, you got to read, you know, five times into it what there should be. <laughs> uh, but that's really what catches Superman's attention is that yeah. people are dying because of Batman's actions. Yeah. Like yes. you would think, like if you were in prison with the Batman brand, like that would make you badass. Or you're just like, <laughs> yeah. oh man, you went up against the bat. <laughs> yeah, like right. I mean, you lost, but <laughs> yeah. like that would be like a yeah. Um. So, so you have this. Um. And now S- Batman is trying to find ways to stop Superman. Um. He is. Uh, looking at different venue avenues of ways, and he's found out that LexCorp might have some information that he needs. Um, so we fast forward to the the party. Um, you have Batman trying to discover uh, ways to take care of Superman, trying to figure out uh, what he's all about and what he can do to take him out. Um, you have Superman struggling with who he is and whether he should still be Superman. So we go into the party where Clark Kent and Bruce Wayne first meet. Uh, Lex is hosting the party, and while Batman and Superman are there, Wonder Woman shows up, or Diana Prince. Well, and let's also indicate that Bruce Wayne is way taller than Superman. Yeah. Like, taller. Like, he's also wider than Superman. Yeah. <laughs> so I, Affleck put on some serious muscle for yeah, this film, man. Yeah. I mean, he was busted out of his little one-piece suit. That he was <laughs> out of that out. little car he was driving. <laughs> yeah, that too. I mean, he I believe is the broad is, in this film. Yeah. I believe the term is he's built like a brick shit house. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, so boy, that really stunk. <laughs> <laughs> and there's the first pun of the day. Oh man! <laughs> so you have this Aaron, You have the interaction where where actually Lex introduces Bruce to Clark. Yeah, you know, and it's it really like an it. interesting interaction. You know, things like that. But Bruce is there on a side mission. He is he trying does, to gain does detective work. Kind of sort of <laughs> He's trying to gain information to uh, Lex's computers and some encrypted files. Wait, wait <laughs> hold is, on. A Batman movie, a movie with Batman in it where there's detective where work. He does detective work? What kind of crazy <laughs> ideas? I know it's, it's 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 weird. It's almost as crazy as having your server room right next to your kitchen. <laughs> yes, in exactly. Lex's mansion. <laughs> And wires just hanging out openly where you can attach to yeah. it. And the door's unlocked. <laughs> and the door's unlocked, yeah. Was... So, high security there for Lex, so he gets high marks for that. Um, well, so... he is eccentric. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Bruce hooks up his little device that's going to download the files, and he goes back to the party because he's kind of getting caught and he's being watched. Um, has some little more conversations with uh, with Clark about... Uh, uh, Clark's asking him about the vigilante of uh, Gotham. And here's another thing that I thought was interesting. And I've never looked up if they have a geographical map of the DC Universe where certain cities are <laughs> or things like that. But I never in a million years imagined Metropolis was right across the bay from Gotham. Yeah. 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 My understanding was, and I don't ever really remember where Gotham was state-wise, but I always knew Metropolis was like in the Kansas area. It was in Kansas somewhere because it was always within driving distance of. Um, but it was, always, okay. it was always a coastal city though, because they had well, like, shipping yeah. ports and stuff like but that. Was, which Kansas well, is, of course. You also got to remember we live in Texas. It takes twelve hours to drive anywhere. Yeah. It's not the same case with yeah. every state. Because I always got that from from Smallville. Yeah, like right. where where like like you know Clark is on the like on the water tower or whatever he can see Metropolis. And I was like, I never thought Metropolis was like in the middle of the country because yeah. I mean. Yeah. It has well, shipping you know, ports. You go back to the old Hobbs uh, Bay, <laughs> which is a part of the the comic sure. history. You go back to the old uh, uh, Christopher Reeve Superman and everything. You always get the idea that Metropolis was essentially New York. Yeah, you yes. know. So that's how I, I always imagined it. Yeah, and Gotham. I never really knew where Gotham followed, yeah. except that it was this huge. Just massively dark city. Yeah. Gotham was Jersey. Jersey. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> in this movie it was. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, so, I mean, you can talk about some of the other cities. You know, you've got Central City. You've got the Gym City, Star City. Uh, Central City. Yes, Central City. Coast City. Coast, Coast City. city yeah, National Dreamland. City. National City. There was... Uh, isn't there an Opal City? Or mm-hmm. Opal, yeah, yeah, Opal yeah. City. I think it's one of the gym cities. Yeah. So, I mean, and I always imagined all those being like on, the, on east, the East Coast. Or West Coast, sorry. Yeah, West Coast, yeah. Well, yeah, Coast City felt... is uh, West Coast, though, right? Like I believe Coast yeah, yeah, City is supposed to be West Coast. Yeah. Uh, you've got the Metropolis and Gotham, and, uh, you know, Clark was talking to Bruce about Gotham and the vigilante yeah. of Gotham and what he thought about. So, Bruce sees Diana Prince. And sees that she is gone off somewhere. So he goes to find where she went and goes to find his device uh, that was downloading the, the information from Lex's uh, servers. Well, the device is gone. Well, he sees Diana Prince go up the stairs and out the building. He follows her and she gives the indication that she has the device. She gets into a car and drives off. He eventually gets the drive back from Wonder Woman, talks to her at some other event... But he still doesn't. Yeah, they're at like a museum. Yeah, he does. Because he he has the drive before the nightmare. Yeah, she tells him, like, you know, it's in his car. Again, don't listen to me, folks. I don't know what I'm talking (laughs) about. They're at, like, 
uh, uh, like some museum event. He asked her, sword. yeah, the sword was a fake, this blah, blah, this. Was their little banter. Uh, and then he asked her why she wanted, essentially asked her why she wanted her, the files. And uh, she <laughs> says, they've got a, f- a photo of mine I want back. Uh, in this day and age, you're just like, oh, yeah. Like TMZ <laughs> nip slip. So you get back to Batman. He's back at the Batcave. He starts encrypting the file, and it's going to take some odd time. It's to, like, an, was, it tw- was it a full day? or I, it- I don't know. It's enough where he falls asleep in yeah. front of the computer. And this is where we get to the Which is something Batman sequence. never does. <laughs> right? Wow. Yeah. Justice never sleeps. So you get to this scene where you see this, this sun-scorched planet and... All kinds of industrial machinery and crashed items and destroyed, you know, people. But one of the first things you see in this scene is an Omega symbol on the on the ground. Yeah, foreshadowing. I totally missed that one. So I only knew it because people would point it out, like before the movie even came out. (laughs) They like have a screenshot of it. Yeah, I saw saw the stale, so that's why I knew what it was. Yeah, I wouldn't have caught if I hadn't known it before going in there. I wouldn't have even noticed it. So uh, you see, Batman. Dress, uh, get dressed up in this heavy desert kind of garb, um, and he's going out into this wind-torn area. Um, and also, this, this is your first time seeing Affleck in a the costume and getting a good view of of the costume. But that's one weird thing, and I think I discussed it. And I'll say this: I do host another movie podcast uh, where we did this, uh, did a quick review of this movie, and I did uh, say on there, and I'll say it on this one. As far as like the structure of this movie. You would think there would be a scene where they introduce what's going to essentially be the new new character because Batman's a new character in this new universe. Where they you know they have a scene like in uh, the '89 Batman, they have a scene where you know some couples getting mugged, and then Batman beats up the muggers. That's the opening scene for that. I thought there would be like something like that to introduce the audience to this new Batman since they have built the movie at least merch, uh, uh, as far as like the advertising yeah, built it around Batman. Bit. Yeah, but then they didn't even show Batman until. This well, dream you, sequence, you, you, like halfway to the well, movie. there's a lot of Bruce Wayne, did, but not a did, lot of Batman. Did the scene where he saved the uh, the the slave trade girls? Did that happen before the dream sequence? Yeah, I think it, yeah, it happened. Okay. Before that. But that, yeah, that's, that's the one where it, the it, one it, was, it was like a horror movie where they're just like right. screaming and hallways, and then you see him up in the corner, and the cop like just starts shooting him. Yeah, because. because you're, you're That's the that scene where you see brand the guy, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. that leads into Superman finding out about this and things yeah, like that. Yeah, because I have like that. Yeah, newspaper that whole scene was about that uh, from the cop's point of view. Right. Yeah, yeah. It was very much seemed like a uh, uh, the year one of the scenes in the year one. Oh yeah, Batman. Yeah. Mm, yeah. That's what it reminded me of a lot. So anyway, Superman soldiers come in, which they're wearing like full body armor and uh, masks and things like that with little Superman symbols on them and stuff like that. And so Batman starts. Taking these guys out. So you have all this, and then you have these, what we now know are parademons. I thought they looked awesome. Uh, and they're coming down, and they're helping the Superman soldier and everything, and they capture Batman. Yeah. They take Batman down to this underground area. And he goes over and to uh, Bruce, who's hanging up, and he then proceeds to interrogate Bruce a little bit and rips his mask off. It's just It shows Superman as a bad guy, and... and- that's the. He, the he lasers sequence. the other two guys that are hanging. Yeah, there's like two other guys that he lasers. He executed them. Yeah, <laughs> and that's the whole emphasis of this whole part of this movie is the worst case scenario with right. Superman, and this is kind of a whether it's a future sequence, whether it's a nightmare sequence. Regardless, this is Batman's biggest fear come to life. Right. So you flash from that, and you get the Flash. 
Well, <laughs> yes, we're going to get to that. But but Batman wakes up, so you realize it's a dream. But as soon as Batman wakes up, you see this warp tunnel thing and this guy in armor who a lot of people didn't realize it was the Flash. It's very reminiscent of the scene from Crisis of Infinite Earths right. when Flash confronts Batman as he's running through time, essentially. Yeah. Right. So he's like, am I in the right time? Is this the right place? Am I too early? Uh, it's all about her, and he says Martha at some point in the video. I thought deal. he said Lois. That's the a lot of what a lot of people think. I he didn't. I've gone back and listened, and he said Martha. Okay, but it's it's a little yeah. garbled. I guess it yeah, makes it, sense. Yeah, it's, get to the end of the because movie. it it ended up. The idea is that you know it's a warning. Well, all of a sudden, then Batman wakes up again. Yeah. Okay. So you have the impression that this Flash thing was another dream sequence. Well, as soon as Batman wakes up, the files for this encrypted file that Luther had opens up, and you see these these files, these four fi- or three files. No, there's four. No, four. Yes, yeah. four files. So, so you've got a couple of W's. You have an A. You have a little C symbol, and then you have a, a lightning, lightning bolt. bolt symbol, which is a little telling. <laughs> so he clicks on the 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 W symbol, and he sees a picture from uh, World War Two. Nope, no, no, World War One. One. Yeah, World yeah. War One. And he sees the woman that he is seen in the the two events he's been to the one who stole the drive and she's dressed up in this armor and she's with soldiers from world war one chris pine is in the picture and as everyone now knows he is playing steve trevor in the upcoming wonder woman movie so it's nice to see despite any criticisms these dc movies have gotten you are seeing this early interconnectivity with it so let's uh batman eventually gets his hands on the the kryptonite he steals it from lex yeah. Well, there's that whole Batmobile chase scene where he's chasing the vehicle, the, right. the truck that well, has it. And let's also remember that during this whole time, Lex Luthor's doing stuff at Zod's ship. At the ship. Yeah. Luthor actually has possession of Zod's body. Right. So we're setting all this stuff up for this. They're setting all this stuff up. Um, Batman gets the kryptonite. This is well, there's that whole training. again. There's the whole the 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 car chase scene. Batman runs through all the truck because the Superman does show up in that scene, right? Where mm-hmm. uh, it's actually it, it shows the the Batmobile tears through everything. He's got machine guns shooting everybody, <laughs> shooting everything in sight, killing people. Apparently, I, th- I think he does kill because because like surely nobody would because he rams the Batmobile through <laughs> through through trucks. Uh, I mean, which I'm, I'm, I don't have the big it. issue this that is people have with like Batman. Batman would, yeah, like know. at this point, he's just like. But but anyway, yeah. So the, the the only reason he didn't catch the truck to get the kryptonite is because Superman stands in the way and he just rams he right. rams the Batmobile into him and it flies into a a gas station that doesn't explode, which it would do in a '80s action movie. <laughs> yeah. So this is your first confrontation with the Batman versus the Superman total trailer movie. Uh, Superman basically tells Batman no more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that signal shines again. You better not be there. Following that, we have the uh, scene where you're having this, I guess it's a subplot, with the one of the guys who was an employee at Wayne Tower when it all went oh, down, yeah. who had his legs basically, they were crushed, crushed and he had them amputated because of what happened at Wayne Tower with Superman. Yeah, he's very much anti-Superman because yeah. he views that Superman ruined his life, which can't necessarily fault him for that. <laughs> so we get to the point where they're having this trial, and Lex is given uh, this character a wheelchair, a very fancy wheelchair and everything like that. He's convinced him to go and talk in front of this. So they actually 
ask Superman to show up for this. You yeah. know, it's been publicized and everything like that. So they get him, uh, he shows up, they get him there. As soon as he walks in and he stands there, Holly Hunter starts talking and there was a bomb in the wheelchair. It explodes. It kills everybody in this, uh, the Senate hearing room. Destroys the building. Yeah. And, uh, Superman's the only one who survives. So. Because it's Superman. <laughs> Lex has set Superman up again. So now this makes Batman even matter because this was one of his ex-employees and, uh, you find out that, uh, that employee hadn't been receiving the checks that well, he'd he was been sending receiving them back. Them Sorry. He he'd been receiving them. He hadn't been, he'd been sending them back. With messages, various messages on these checks. Right. That everybody thought was Joker messages in the trailers. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so this leads to Batman finally just breaking into LexCorp and stealing the kryptonite. He just busts in, takes it, and be done. You don't really actually see that scene happen. What you see is the aftermath. Yeah. Lex walks through the building, sees all the damage that's caused, and then sees the case that the kryptonite was in that uh, that Batman stole. <laughs> then next you see essentially Batman training with the kryptonite, yeah. uh, training building the kryptonite weapon, which is a spear, training, working hard, building his body up, creating the armor that he's going to use to fight Superman. Training montage, <laughs> right? So Superman and Batman <laughs> so the, the, get to Batman a fight. v's Superman. <laughs> <laughs> well, you come to find out uh, at, during right after this point, Lex Luthor kidnaps Martha Kent and uses her to blackmail Superman into fighting Batman. And so that actually, that actually set up. I mean, I guess we can get to when we get to the the fight portion. But actually, set set up uh, something that I, when I when I heard it, I really liked because it was something that was like I love when this happens in the comics. But like when uh, Superman, uh, you you think like when he he has it set up where he's like, uh, you know, if you don't, what does he do? Like he has Lois Lane on the roof, throws her <laughs> off the roof. Right, right. Of course, Superman since he stalks Lois, like was, uh, you know, rescued her just in time. Uh, uh, then tells him, you know, get Superman's attention. He's like, oh, he's like, you know, if you're, I have, you know, a woman that you love uh, is in danger. He's like, well, she's already on the ground. He's like, no, not that one. And shows him like these really awful pictures of his mother being bound and gagged. Right. And then, you know, gives him the whole thing of like, you know, you need to go across the bay. Mm-hmm. Then they show like Gotham all dark and stuff uh, to, uh, you know, uh, bring me the head of Batman and I'll release your, your mother. Not knowing that, like, when Superman goes over there, like, you think, okay, this is the fight. But he actually tries to reason with Batman mm-hmm. yeah. at the beginning. And I love that part where he just goes, Bruce. He's just like, and he, which I always love about the comics where it's just, I mean, because they're friends. And, like, they right. always refer to each other by their first names and not by their, like, superhero code name. Yeah. I and mean, at what point did Superman discover that Bruce I think was it was like, at the... Uh, the oh, because he had that hearing. He could hear he could that there hear was a conversation. The conversation. Right. He never... There was never any. Well, it's not like his mask is lead line, so surely, like Superman, probably just used X-ray but vision. But again, this goes back to my problem with most Zack Snyder films, is especially his superhero films. He expects you to just figure it out. Figure it out. He didn't do a scene yeah, where, he, where, like, he where Clark kind of looks. He doesn't at walk him. you through the movies. You know, <laughs> Snyder and Nolan like to think that give their audience. But my, my best description for the, the whole movie is like like for anybody not knowing anything going into it, like it's almost like picking up like just a random high issued number of like say Justice League 
as, as, you know, not reading comics while you're just like, oh, I'm going to get this issue like, you know, <laughs> and 500. Starting, and starting in the middle of a story. Yeah, line. and you're just like, what's going on here? Only there's no there's no internal monologue, so you kind of have to guess like what they're right. thinking. And there's just like, uh, so it's kind of like that, where it's just like, I'm in the middle of. They expect you to go get the back issues. Problem is, there's no back issues at this yeah. point. <laughs> So we have the bat fight with Batman and Superman, and they're going at it, and Batman's got these kryptonite grenades that cause Superman to get weak, and he's punching and fighting, and it's it's a great brawl. It's visually spectacular. It's really amazing. It's exactly what you want from a Batman versus yeah. Superman fight. Although I don't think, <laughs> I can't live in a world where I believe Superman would get tricked by the kryptonite gas grenade twice. <laughs> well, you also got to remember at this point, he has never... Come in contact. Well, that's with true. Kryptonite. Like he doesn't know what the he, technically he, he never even saw a kryptonite. He just inhaled gas. Yeah, and right. He, At that point, he just has never well, seen or known anything about it. Yeah. Right. Good point. So, uh, so we get to the point. The the fight is almost at the end. You've got Superman or Batman has pinned Superman with a kryptonite spear after hitting him with two different times with the kryptonite gas grenades, um, and. He's got him pinned, and Superman's like, okay, you've got me. He asks Batman to go save his mom. Yeah. Uh, and he is, go save her, go save Martha. Yeah. And Batman flips out. <laughs> He's like, what? What'd you say? Why'd you say Martha? Why did you say Martha? <laughs> and is going nuts on um, this. I mean, if if there's one point in this movie where Ben Affleck overacted, it was this point. Yeah. Well, you have to have that one scene yeah. in an Affleck. Well, he has movie. A, like an expression where he's like half covered in a robot yeah. head. He's just like, I'm gonna have to overact in this. Yeah. But <laughs> but the whole point is they stop the fight. Well, Lois and, shows up. Well, like, Lois shows up too. But the whole thing is the fight stops simply because. Their parent, their mothers share the same yeah. name. Well, I mean, Lois had to explain it. She was like, "That's his mom." Yeah. yeah. Which is something, to be honest, while I knew in my head, I never thought I never about really, before. Yeah. And, yeah. and in retrospect, it is kind of a silly reason for them to stop fighting, but it does kind of... They have not hand-fed you any information. You've had to figure everything out on your own. This is the time that they spoon-feed you <laughs> this, this thing. Because as he's saying... What did you say? What did you say? You're getting flashbacks to the opening sequence of his his mom's yeah. death and his dad saying Martha, yeah. you know, and things like that. And you're like, you didn't have to do that. I, we got it. They're yeah. both named Martha. I okay. Mean, and that's throughout cool. the movie, you see where he's visiting, like her crypt, or like oh, yeah. when they go to the crypt, and where Bruce goes to the crypt, and he see you don't see Jonathan or uh, don't see uh, whatever his dad's name or right, Thomas. Thomas. You don't see Thomas's name, but you definitely get a good view of Martha Wayne. <laughs> right. You know. So so here here's the vehicle for the movie. You have the name Martha. You see it with the opening sequence. You see it with the flash talking about. It. You see it in all these other scenes where there's you know pictures of the gravestone and things like that. And while it's a really neat device through this film and and makes the connection from the end, it does seem a little silly. But they overuse it a little bit. They don't leave it ambiguous enough for me. Yeah. I mean, by the time you get to the end of it, you don't realize that until they go back. And had they not done the flashbacks, I don't think it would have felt as silly. Yeah. Um, but I like that. So that, that was interesting. So all this time, Lex is in the alien ship. He's creating Doomsday. 
they realize something's happening in the ship because there's all this electricity coming out of it and everything, and it's yeah, sucking it's, power. So yeah. Superman agrees to go take care of that if he'll go save his mom. Yeah. Well, doesn't Batman super, doesn't super, Superman doesn't Superman? He's like, I'll get my mom, and then or something, and then yes. ba- Batman comes up with the plan. That's right. Yeah. Anyway, because he, cause I think he knows this. where yeah. where he would have stored yeah. Martha. Right. Anyway, and he can find her anyway because yeah. he's got the computer. He uses yeah. Alfred, and he had his, he had his spare outfit also. Jeremy Irons' Alfred was fantastic. That was awesome. I really liked that. It was a very down to earth. He doesn't take any crap. He was very much. That Alfred you get from the comics now, where it's the old the, SAS operative. Yeah, yeah. The, he's kind of like anyone. <laughs> Jeff Johns Earth Earth One yeah. Alfred. Yeah, you so, know he's a badass without seeing him be a badass. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, so we get this plan. So Batman goes to save, which is a fantastic action scene. Going to save uh, Martha, and it's really good. And again, the, I don't want to talk a whole lot about that because you got to see it. It's just it's it, just a fantastic. It's, scene. it's, 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 it's the, the best. Batman action sequence you'll ever that's see ever been movie. put on film, which I was just like, why? Like, I wanted like because they they put that in the trailer, uh-huh. and when I saw the trailer, and I actually posted it on my Facebook, and I was like, this is the best thirty seconds that's ever been done of Batman on film, and I was like, if they put this in the trailer, like, what is the movie going to be like? And I was just like, oh, that was you know, those that was it. for the ridicule that Affleck got I never so prior was, to this film. Yes, oh my goodness, I I'm, I'll go on record say it right now, with the exception of Kevin Conroy. Best Batman ever. I, I yep. agree with you. I've he, always been he, a Batflick a, a, uh, supporter and a hetero <laughs> man crush. I, I never had a problem with him. I think Bat, Ben Affleck's a good actor. I think yeah. he's done a lot of good stuff. He's also done a lot of bad stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, but yeah, whatever. Um, so now we've got Superman going to the alien ship, uh, and he's going to find out what's going on. He gets there, and he sees this pulsating egg sack, whatever you want to call it, and Lex standing there. It just there. sounds gross. <laughs> I, it looked gross. I, it was it was very alien alieny, you know. And I'm like, you know, uh, you know, uh, what's uh, forget the name the the director Ridley, Ridley Scott. Scott. Thank you. I wanted to say Ripley Scott. I'm like, that's not right. Well, at least you would have been along the same lines, you yeah. know. So, uh, so as. He's there. He's talking to Lex, and not sure exactly the. Pay- I don't remember the pacing on this, but Lex turns something on or gets it going where the thing comes out and it tries to kill Lex, uh, and Superman stops it. Yeah. Um. Then this fight ensues with what Lex coins Doomsday. Yeah. This is your Doomsday. Yeah. Um, which to me is a basically a bizarro clone of Lex using Zod's body. It was Zod, and it was like, yeah, it, that's where I was confused the whole time. I didn't want to call him Doomsday initially because I thought, okay, he seems more like Bizarro, their version of Bizarro, <laughs> than he does Doomsday. Right. Um, that's so I didn't even think that. It's interesting. So then you get this big fight scene. You've got this fight scene with Batman, or excuse me, Superman, fighting Doomsday. They're tearing up the city and things like that. In the meantime, Lois sees that this is happening. She had disposed of the spear into a big water hole. Yeah. To save Superman. To save it. Superman. Uh, the kryptonite spear, by the way. So she goes back to find it. Um, 
Wonder Woman has shown up at this point and is now helping them fight yeah, well, uh, Doomsday. Well, Superman takes Doomsday up in the space because they're going to oh, nuke him. Oh, that's they're right. Nuke they nuked him. him. I forgot about yeah. that. Then he gets real like Frank Miller, like all shriveled up after the... Well, and I guess we need to point out, as far as what Wonder Woman does to come and help... She did receive an email from Bruce at one point with the picture. He's like, I found your nudie pic. And, <laughs> and also saw received a link to all the other files. And this is where you get your first glimpse at yeah, yeah. Ezra Miller as the Flash. It's where you get your first good shot of Jason Momoa as Aquaman. You get Cyborg's origin with them using a mother box to create yeah. him. Didn't they use a mother box to clear him in the new Justice League series? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I yeah. thought that was... See, the, the, to me, they took this movie and they added three major DC story arcs into one film. Yeah. yeah. But you basically, you're getting your Justice League... You're, you're getting your foreshadowing to the upcoming Justice League. And at the same time, Wonder Woman's trying to leave. But being Wonder Woman... The hero that she is, she realized she can't leave, so she comes to help them, and this is when you finally get your fantastic shot of Gal Gadot as in full Wonder Woman gear. Exactly. So you've got now uh, Superman's kind of up in space. Wonder Woman and Batman are kind of fighting uh, Doomsday as best they can. Superman gets healed up. He comes back down. They're now all three fighting him. Except that Lois going to get the spear gets trapped. Of course, Lois is in danger again. <laughs> and Superman hears it because he's got his ears attuned specifically to her voice, I yeah. guess. So he goes and saves Lois, takes her out of the water hole that she was in, uh, breaks the rock up and everything like that, and realizes what she was trying to do. So Superman goes down into the water, brings up the kryptonite spear, and is barely live. Lois has to kind of pull him up out of there. She throws the spear away. And let's also indicate that during this whole time, Wonder Woman is going toe-to-toe with Doomsday, and Batman's just chilling out, saying, you got this, and dodging everything. He's dodging everything. <laughs> well, he's trying to get... He has another grenade that he's trying he does, to get yeah, to. Yeah, he's <laughs> trying to get a bead on him for another grenade. Yeah, because yeah. like one of the grenades is like, he's trying to get to either the gun or the grenade or something. Yeah, I, think, I think Superman knocked the gun away from him. Needless to say, Batman shows how smart he is by realizing, yeah, I can't handle him by yeah. myself. But he eventually hits him with the grenade. Yeah. yeah. And Gelda got then cuts uh, Doomsday's hand off, right? At that point, yeah. And then it bone, it like he gets like another bone spear. Yeah, and and, and at this point, then that's when Superman has picked up the spear and is hurtling towards Doomsday with the spear. Now, was it after the nuclear explosion when they got hit with the missile? Yeah. When Doomsday fell to Earth, woke up, and that's when he started. Getting yeah, the, the bones started started looking more like Doomsday, Doomsday. instead of the. Blob. <laughs> the squishy Hulk. So, uh, Superman spears Doomsday with the, the spear. And at the same time, Doomsday, because Superman is weakened because of holding the kryptonite spear. And because Doomsday is in the movie. He spears Superman through the chest with his bone protrusion. Spurs. Oh. <laughs> On his hand. Clarify that. Needless to say, we, not only do we get... Uh, Dark Knight Returns, we get the death of Superman in this movie. And Justice League Origin. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) The new 52 Justice League. Well, and I think we'll get some of that in the the Justice League film as well. So, 
going into the rest of this, they do the death of Superman and they do funeral, kind of do the little bit of the funeral for a friend stuff and things yeah. like that. Um, it's a really cool scene, really a lot of neat stuff. Um, by the end of it, Batman and Wonder Woman are talking about how they need to honor his memory by getting the rest of these guys together because there's something coming. Yeah. You know? We that, get Lex thrown in jail. Yep, Lex thrown in jail. And he gets his head shaved for all you complainers <laughs> about him having hair. There's some other nuances to the film, but again, if you haven't seen it, go see it. If you have seen it, you know what we're talking about. You know, all in all, I really like this film. I thought it had some problems with the the pacing and the, the editing. I thought all the pieces of the story were there. I didn't really see any plot holes personally. No. But I thought that it just wasn't wasn't put together well. Um, it, could, it could have done with a few more scenes to help explain certain things. It could have done with a few less scenes, in my opinion. (laughs) (laughs) I I thought the end funeral scene, some of those were a little long. You know, you know, there were some of the, you didn't need the Batman training montage. I mean, come on. (laughs) You know, it felt felt like uh, Footloose all over again. (laughs) And what is wrong with that? (laughs) It, uh, (laughs) you know, my, my biggest, biggest problem with it was probably Lex um, I like Jesse Eisenberg. I think he's a decent actor. Should he have been Lex? Probably not. But I don't know if it was his performance or if the way he was the way he was directed. Yeah. But all in all, this is actually, and I, I'll be the first one to tell you, I've never been a huge fan of most of the DC films. But this is probably my second favorite DC film next to uh, Dark Knight. Um, and uh, I even have problems with Dark Knight, which we can go into a different <laughs> subject on that. But really great film. Um, what did y'all think? I, I enjoyed it. I, I My issues were the same as yours. Like I said, I think that the cinematography, it, it felt choppy mm-hmm. throughout the film. And it's just because it seemed like placement was wrong. Like I, like I said earlier, the whole, your your first good look at Batman in costume was during that nightmare sequence. Right. Should, shouldn't you have at least had something before that to get a good look at him, you know? Eisenberg is Luthor. I, yeah, I, I'm not a fan. I knew I wasn't going to be a fan from the trailers. <laughs> Hopefully we find they find some way to rectify that. But all in all, I did enjoy the movie. I For me, a good indication of a movie, especially a long movie, but a good indicator for a good movie to me is if you can sit through that whole movie and it not feel like you're there for that long. And I did not feel like that with this movie. I agree with that. Even though there are things I thought they could cut out, I it didn't. I didn't feel like I was waiting for the next scene. You know, right? Yeah. What about you, Fred? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm fairly similar. I mean, I, I think it's going to be hard for me to rewatch it. Uh, I wish there was more Batman, just because the marketing of it seemed yeah. like it was going to be all Batman action. Uh, and then they introduced him, like you said, in that dream sequence where that's a good... I mean, technically introduced him in that, that other scene with uh, where he's torturing the dude, but very like blurry and very closely. But right. it was a good scene because it makes you like realize like how scary Batman is to Well, it like, plays up that like, urban legend. Yeah, like the, ur- yeah, yeah, the, the urban legend. Well, and then, like I said, I think they, they did the, the year one scene. I think, you know, Snyder... Wanted to do the year one. He wanted to do, you know, Batman vs. or uh, Dark Knight Returns. And he wanted to throw so many different comic references into this. Yeah. Like, he's definitely, he definitely loves comics. He's not good at telling stories about them. But, uh, I mean, you know, God love him for at least, you know, having somebody direct one of these movies that's a fan of the source material. <laughs> he's, he's like an overexcited fanboy. Yeah. It's like, oh, there's this. Put this oh, in, I want this. this. In, oh, this. I want to do this. Yeah. So, I mean, we all liked it. I think you definitely should go see it. As for me, I'll probably rewatch it a couple of times until they have a Bat Ben Affleck Batman solo film. 
um, because that's going to be the only begins. Yeah, that's oh. going to be the only uh, Batman I hope so. <laughs> scenes we're going to have until that. Depending on what he does in Justice League, yeah, um, which starts filming today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So we're going to take a little break, and we'll come back in just a little bit. I know a boy, his name is Zach. His microchips are out of whack. He built a Blacktron Cadillac. He's Zach, the Lego maniac. He sent his cosmic fleet to Mars. He's out there cruising with the stars. His mind is lost in outer space. A Legoland basket case. Zach, Zach, he's a Lego maniac. Zach, Zach, he's a Lego maniac. A cosmonaut. All right, we're back. Uh, this is the part of the show where we're going to kind of do a little quick review. Uh, this time we have the uh, Batmobile and LexCorp forklift Lego set from Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice. Yeah, it's under a DC Comics superheroes line. It's called the Kryptonite Interception. Ah, okay. So the Batmobile is pretty cool. It's a one-seater. Uh, I still maintain that the uh, animated series Batmobile is my favorite. Yeah, well, it was awesome. It very much was. <laughs> Uh, so this is a pretty cool little Lego set. Uh, it's got some nice little, uh, detailing on it, some wings, some little, little mobile, like, smoke launcher looking things, and it's got some little front cannons that shoot the little circle studs, if you know anything about Legos. Forklift's pretty neat. It's, uh, just a simple little forklift, but it's got kind of a cool rubber band feature for the forks. You could probably launch the kryptonite into the air with this rubber band forklift, <laughs> and that might be kind of fun, but we're not going to do it here because we'll probably break something. Um, Don't break my Legos. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it comes with a little Batman thing, you know. How was it uh, to build, Fred? Well, I did a stop-motion video of it. it. I don't know, I mean, because I haven't done Legos in so long, it was still kind of complicated because I, I built it all together once and then took it apart to rebuild it for the stop-motion. And, and it's actually a simple set. I mean, I don't know, I think it's 306 pieces total for both for you know with both vehicles together and then the figures i think they count as all pieces as well yeah uh, i mean it, it's actually pretty simple compared to like the uh guardians of the galaxy set that i had of the the uh, nova core ship and the sakaran ship or whatever and that seemed like oh, it was yeah. a lot more complicated because it's pieces that you're not familiar with with like building a spaceship whereas like you know it's a standard lego car for the batmobile with some additional pieces like the the moving fins that go up and down and the uh the the cockpit that actually opens split like in the movie which i thought was a cool touch and it does kind of swivel a little bit uh, and then it's got like the cool like tractor tires uh overall i mean i, I like it i mean i think it came out like uh, it came out really cool for uh, a batmobile yeah it's not a huge lego. batmobile it's it's really no. nice and proportionate mm. to the the figures you know for just a single seater it's uh that's uh, not something you get from most lego sets when they do batmobiles they usually give you a pretty larger size right so this yeah. one's probably pretty affordable how much was the set uh, 29.99 30 bucks. yeah so i mean wow that's a really good deal for what you're for getting Legos, out of this yeah. um you're getting a really cool batman minifig um you're getting a really nice batmobile for the set really cool and the forklift is really neat it's got the little lex corp logos on it plus the little deals of kryptonite so i mean you know for, yeah. oh, for... i forgot and it did come with a minifigure i just forgot to bring it out but there is a lex corp employee that goes with oh cool so another little guy um, well you gotta have someone for batman, for batman to, be to kill <laughs> to, to kill you know in brand that see that would have been really neat if the, the little <laughs> lex corp employee brand. had a brand on his on his little shoulder there that would have been pretty neat. So it's a really neat little set. Uh, highly recommend it. Uh, I'm going to have to pick me up one fun. for 30 bucks. That's a nice little Batmobile. That'll be fun to play with. Crash into some of my other Lego sets, you know. Pull up to the uh, Chinese theater. You know, stuff like that. <laughs> you could, re- well, you you know, could for... recreate Batman's origin in front of the movie. <laughs> there you go. Well, for that red carpet. a Zorro poster. <laughs> for that red carpet, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, so uh, we're also going to talk about, this is something DC started doing recently. These are, I'm not really sure what they're calling this line, but what it is is that they're doing their graph, uh, popular graphic novel that goes along with one of their animated movies. They, um, basically, you know, they've done a, several different uh, animated movies based off various popular storylines. And what they have done is they've re-released the, uh, the, the stories in hardcover format, but they include the movies with them. Yeah, so you get, you get a hardcover of, and this one that we're looking at is Batman The Dark Knight Returns, uh, 30th Anniversary Edition. And what you get is you get a hardcover version of the, uh, the, the story by Frank Miller. You also get the Batman Dark Knight Returns, uh, animated movie. You get the, uh, the Blu-ray edition. You get the DVD feature. Um, you also get the digital, a digital copy mm-hmm. of it. Uh, and then this one also includes the Dark Knight Returns special features disc gotcha. that, uh, you would get if you just bought the Blu-ray or DVD combo. And it's a, just a nice little, uh, deal. They've done several of them. They've got about eight of them out right now mm-hmm. with various different stories on based on their anime. There's a Wonder Woman. There's the Justice League Origin. Um, there's also the Throne of Atlantis storyline. Uh, Public Enemies. Public Enemies. Um, uh, the Earth 2 one, which yeah. comes with, what's Ooh. the name of that movie? Uh, Crisis of an... Crisis on... Infinite um, Earths? No, it's not on Infinite Earths. Crisis on Two Earths, yeah. yeah. I like that one a lot. Yeah. Uh, um, you also have uh, Year One, Batman Year One, mm-hmm. which is a good one, and it comes with Batman and Year they One. Ha- don't they have, uh, they have a copy of... Uh, the they released the first volume of Batman Black and White, but and yeah, it comes with but it comes the, with the uh, Gotham Knights, which feature. was oh, yeah. which was the uh, animated movie that was supposed to bridge uh, Batman Begins yeah, and yeah. Dark Knight. So anyway, they got a lot of these out. These are really cool books. This one is their hardcover. Uh, yeah, it's, it's for the, really for the price. Nice. You get a movie, a hardcover book, and they're what, like, what's the price point on this? This one was uh, they're ranging anywhere from twenty five to about thirty four, and this one's thirty four. Yeah. Uh, or thirty three ninety nine. Um, really cool little deal. We've got this one here, and we're gonna figure out some kind of contest for you guys, uh, so that y'all can win this. Um, uh, it's already been opened, but uh, we just opened it with shrink wrap and everything like that. Movies haven't been played. Uh, the digital code hasn't been used, so this will be up for giveaway uh, as soon as we figure out a contest for you guys to uh, to do on that. Um, so you have to continue listening. Yes. Because you'll want this. This is really awesome. It's really awesome. Or you can go buy it from Duncanville Bookstore. All right. Um, so that's kind of our quick review. We're going to talk about different things in that section, um, you know, whether it be toys or uh, books or comic books or video games or something like that. Um, but uh, this is the point where Freddie has something special for us. <laughs> For our inaugural episode and for it being a, uh, the, the topic of being a Batman v Superman, I came up with the game uh, that I'm calling uh, Brother v Brother <laughs> or Bry Man versus Super Chase. <laughs> uh, just a, f- a fun game for us to kind of, uh, you know, kind of break the champagne bottle on the ship to inaugurate our first episode. I have a, a trivia game for the boys to play. Got a, a, a Marvel Comics trivia card set for th- this past Christmas and couldn't think of a way to play it because uh, like nobody I see on a daily basis would know any of this, so I figured I'll save it for when me and the boys are together. <laughs> and, I, and I do have a, a prize that uh, one of these gentlemen is going to go home with. Oh, no. And it's, it's a prize that uh, uh, I'll give you guys a hint. It's a, one of my loot crate items that came in a box that I couldn't sell on eBay. <laughs> And it is also Marvel. Awesome. It is also Marvel. I actually think you guys are really like it. It actually is a pretty cool prize. And honestly, I don't think I actually tried to put it on eBay. But yeah, when are you guys going to walk away with it? But so anyway, it's going to be a, a quick uh, Marvel trivia game. Uh, best. Well, I've got five cards here. Whoever has the most points win, wins the item. So you read one. 
question and then read the other one a question and we have to answer. If we don't get it, we don't well, get it. We'll do it like uh, uh, game shows uh, since I don't have a buzzer. Whoever whoever says their name first, uh, Man, we'll, we'll, difficult. We'll, we'll get to answer. And I'll be the guy who determines whose name I heard first. <laughs> All right. First question. Huh. That's too hard. Now, do we have to do these in the form of a question? <laughs> no, because some of these I'm are multiple done. choice. <laughs> so, ooh, okay, here's a reason. I, I was afraid these are all going to be like old, old questions. Okay, so here's a fairly recent one. What is the name of the prehistoric jungle land located on the continent of Antarctica? Chase. Brian. Oh, I heard Chase. Savage Land. Savage Land goes to Chase. No oh. fair. My name's harder to say. <laughs> What superhero team did Sharon Carter join as Agent 13? Uh, Chase. Chase? Secret Avengers? Ooh! Yeah, I didn't know that one. Chase has two. Okay, okay, so it's cool. These cards each have two questions on them, so. <laughs> true, true or false? Cool, or C-U-L, a god of fear that started the fear itself story is Odin's father. False. false. Alright, Chase. <laughs> oh. Dead gummit. Well, you both screwed it up, but Chase, Chase remembered the rules, so I'll go with Chase. It's false. It's, it's He's true. Odin's brother. Oh, booyah. Chase is cleaning house here. Okay, here's another true or false one. True or false. She-Hulk helps her cousin, the Hulk, in the Battle of Manhattan in World War Hulk. True or false? Uh, Chase. False. Oh, you're correct. Oh, I didn't read World War Hulk. Oh, I love Hulk. That's probably like one of my favorite. Uh, I read Planet Hulk, but I didn't read World War Hulk. Oh my god, World War Hulk is so good. Uh, what assumed dead former wife of Hawkeye turned out to be alive and a prisoner of the Scrolls? Brian. Brian? Uh, Spider Woman. No, that's wrong. <laughs> it's Mockingbird. Ooh, okay, I'll let you have it. Mockingbird is right. I was thinking about the story arc. I was like, Spider Woman? No, yeah, because not. She's not married to him. <laughs> No, they're just canoodling on the side. Yeah, well, that's true. What weapon of Odin does Norman Osborn try to steal during the siege storyline? Is it A, mace, B, sword, C, spear? Brian. Brian? Spear. Booyah! Brian is... Brian's already on the board with two points. Uh, okay. The blind Mila Donovan marries what Marvel superhero? Chase. Chase? Daredevil. Ooh, Chase Mila Donovan. Mm-hmm. Did I pronounce Don't it right? Mila or Mila? Yeah, yeah well, you didn't worry Daredevil during that time. That's true. So suck it. Okay, uh, another multiple choice here. What is the villainous name of... Oh, come on. What is the villainous name of crime lord Wilson Fisk? Brian. Oh, Brian. Kingpin. Woo ya. <laughs> I almost was like, I should have read that one before I said it out loud because that was way too easy. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, most issues of Marvel Team Up featured what superhero working with Chase. another member of the Marvel Universe? Spider Man. Spider Man on the board. Okay. Multiple choice. What powerful heroine wields the sword Dragon Fang and rides Chase. a winged horse named Aragorn? Please let me finish the question. Before <laughs> <there is. laughs> I'm Brian. <laughs> oh, 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 you know what? Brian did say it when I finished reading the question. Valkyrie. There you go. Do we need any multiple choice on that one? You can't change the rules in the middle of the contest. Well, I'm down to my last card. Chase, Chase is at six. Brian's at four. This, next, win this, next, this next one will be worth uh, five points. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That wouldn't be fair. I mean, I'll grab a second. We're three and a half. <laughs> okay. 
Nicholas Macabs, who tells Daredevil that he's protecting a child that's the possible Antichrist, was actually what Marvel villain? Chase. Chase? Mysterio. No idea. <laughs> yeah, that was a uh, good old uh, Kevin Smith's relaunch of Marvel Knights. Oh, Daredevil. okay. Okay, well, we got two questions here. Do we want to continue? <laughs> Chase is at uh, seven. Brian's at Go four. Go ahead. Do one more question. <laughs> okay. Uh, Doctor Strange's arch enemy often uses what army of creatures to do his bidding? Brian. Brian? Mindless ones. Booyah! Ooh, Brian's got five to seven. Okay, there is one other oh, question well. out here that would be really super easy, <laughs> considering this day of uh, what, what characters exist in people's minds right now. <laughs> what would super... Uh, what? With what superhero did Jessica Jones have a child? Uh, Chase. Chase? <laughs> Luke Cage. Ooh, all right. Okay, so we've got our grand total here. Chase has five, has eight. Brian has five. Man, I was really pulling for you, Brian. <laughs> Too many daredevil questions. All right, Lee wasn't telling you he was pulling to the left. <laughs> and prize, I have. Oh, you get a blanket. For the winner, yeah, it's my hoodie. I don't know why I have it covered because you can't see what it is in the box anyway. Well, there you go. Go ahead and open that up. Ooh, Chase has a, a, red box. a red Marvel box. That's pretty big. And I hope it's the one I thought I, I thought it was. <laughs> nope, wrong one. It is a toxin? Tux- carnage? I think it's carnage, isn't it? Oh. Okay, I would have thought toxin. That's pretty cool, though. Maybe. It's a coffee mug. <laughs> yeah, you can't, you can't use that around Braden. It scared the living day Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, that's what that's like. <laughs> yeah, another thing is, I didn't want that in my house any longer. <laughs> that, 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 that'll wake you up if the coffee won't. <laughs> <laughs> so that was our first edition of Brother vs. Brother. Woo! <laughs> All right, so the next part of our segment, we're going to do our top five. The Fanboy 5. In honor of doing this Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice episode, our uh, top five, uh, or Fanboy 5, since I guess we're going to coin that now, <laughs> uh, what we decided to do was to pick your top favorite actors that have played Batman and Superman. But what I wanted to do is to have them matched up. Who's your top favorite Batman actor to have played Batman against your top favorite Superman actor Who's played and Superman? And we, we, we didn't restrict it to just film. Mm-hmm. We, uh, you could use TV, you could use animated series, voice actors, things like that. So we're gonna, we'll start, we'll go back and forth. We'll let, uh, we'll start at our, uh, bottom and work our way up to our number ones. Uh, and I'll go first. Uh, okay. we did, I did do an honorable mention on this one. Um, and my honorable mention is, uh, Adam West first George Reeves. Um, I think, uh, while they're not my favorites, um, Batman and Superman, I would have loved to see them go against each other in the hokey, corny world of Batman and Superman that they would have done. <laughs> that would have been a really neat one for me. Fred, did you have an honorable like mention? I had one I was going to use as an honorable mention, but since I couldn't come up with a fifth one, I just I mixed that into my, okay. my top five. Well, then give us your number five. My number five, I went also with George Reeve, the old black and white uh, Superman, and put him up against Batfleck. Oh, wow. Because I wanted the darkest Batman that was ever <laughs> created to go up against probably like the closest thing we have to an Adam West type Superman. Like, <laughs> because this is a Superman who like really only fought gangsters. Right. And never had like went up against anything like. Uh, you know, like any menacing monsters or anything like that. They have him go up against uh, Ben Affleck's dark. Dark Knight. Yeah, like Dark Knight, <laughs> just dark Batman character altogether. And, pl- and plus there was that, that video that was going around since uh, Ben Affleck did play George Reeve 
in, in oh, a yeah. biopic movie where they tried to cut it to look like it was bad, <laughs> like Affleck versus himself. <laughs> yeah, so that was my top five, and that was the reasoning, uh, my number five, and that was the reasoning just to see, like, the darkest Batman ever put on film versus, like, probably the, the cheeriest Superman that was ever put on film. Well, and, and normally Chase would have a top five, too, but we forgot to tell him that we were doing this one um, <laughs> yeah, on this one, so he didn't get anything prepared. So we're just going to kind of let him comment on, on our <laughs> our choices and uh, see what he, he thinks of those. Well, George Reeves, I guess, I guess he's the first actor to really bring Superman to the uh, general public in a lot of regards. Yeah, I mean, for sure. First, you know, popular TV show to feature Superman. So... Just kind of see that compared with Adam West, who did the same thing with the 60s Batman series. Yeah, I, I could see that. And as far as Batfleck and uh, George <laughs> Reeves, I mean, that's, that would, that would be an amazing train wreck to watch. That would be a well, short fight. I thought about putting, and I'm going to blank on his name because I don't remember, the guy who played Batman in the old black and white Batman. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I thought about well, putting him a few different George. ones, but yeah. yeah, and I was just like, no, I, your pinnacle hokey Batman was was definitely Adam West. Yes, so <laughs> so my number five is Val Kilmer versus Dean Kane. For the longest before before we had Christian Bale, I, I maintained that Val Kilmer was one of the best representations of Batman and Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Uh, he was the first one to really do the, the martial arts kind of stuff and things like that, even though it probably wasn't him, but that's how they filmed it. You know, the kicks and the, the high flying punches and the little more what I expected out of Batman. But his Bruce Wayne, I thought was fantastic. <laughs> really loved that. I mean, even though he was going up against, you know, Jim Carrey and Tommy Lee Jones in their Say what you want to. They're very flashy performances. Whether you like them or not, they were fun. They were very almost 66 Batman-esque, yeah. you know. But I, I enjoyed what they did, I, you know, uh, and really liked it. But uh, Dean Cain, uh, having him go up against him, who, in my mind, I still, when I hear Superman, I still kind of picture him because mm -hmm. he just had that really good Superman look. Yeah. You know, and even though it was a TV show and, and Lois and Lane and you say what you want, I just really liked his look for Superman. Mm -hmm. And so having them go together to the two guys that I kind of thought really embodied those two characters at, as best they could at the time that they could. There have mm -hmm. been better since. There's been worse since. <laughs> uh, but at the time that they were there, I really, they were my favorites. Well, and you know, those two during the, those two were the first time that they really, during that time period, they really kind of romanticized the characters. Yeah. Our Lois and Clark was a... It was a romantic it was a action. Rom yeah. <laughs> but the main focus was on the love relationship between Lois and Clark Kent. And, of course, with Val Kilmer, that's where he got introduced to the bat butts and the bat nipples to give all the you <laughs> lady fans out there something to swoon over. So, well, and it was the first one to have a Robin in it who added more eye candy for the screen, you know, <laughs> things like that. You know, I think they really played on the uh, the wanting to get the women in there for that that yeah. film. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. So, Freddie, what's your number four? Uh, my number four. Uh, I'm calling this one my. Uh, they they played. They're playing continuing versions of characters that were already in in Batman and Superman movies. I went with uh, Val Kilmer who is essentially playing a continuation of Michael Keaton's Batman, because mm -hmm. he was in that universe, and Brandon Roth, mm -hmm. ah, who is okay. essentially playing 
Christopher Reeves, because I mean, that right. was technically supposed to be between uh, uh, two and three, right? Right. Yeah. Or he was ignoring everything that came, yeah, like, that he came was after ignoring, two. Yeah, he was, he was ignoring, ignoring Richard Pryor and uh, Quest for Peace. Uh, Quest for Peace. <laughs> can, can we really blame him for that? Though? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but I went with that just, just, just for that because they were continuing characters. And I always liked Brandon Roth. I always felt like he should still be Superman. And I, I really think he, he got a, a really bad shake yeah. as far as Superman. I don't think the film was that bad. I mean, it had its problems, just like the Man of Steel had its problems. Yeah. But it was a film that was made 20 years too late. I, yeah. it, it really, credit to what Brian Singer vision, he did his vision. He wanted to do a continuation yeah. of the Christopher Reeves, and he did that. And I like that film for that reason. Yeah. Was it the film we needed at the time? No. Not really. Well, I'm not a big fan of uh, Lex Luthor still continuing his plan of, uh, of getting land. Right. <laughs> well, but, but talking about somebody who really did a good job continuing the deal, Kevin Spacey did a much better Lex Luthor than yeah. uh, uh, Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman. <laughs> yeah. Know? You know, it was a more s- a did sadistic, it. I guess. Yeah. He did a great job of playing Gene Hackman, playing Lex Luthor, than Gene Hackman did playing <laughs> yeah, Lex yeah, Luthor. Absolutely. Yeah, so that was oh, nice. Man. I like Brandon Roth. Val Kilmer as, uh, you know, as being an, uh, one of the actors that took over for uh, Michael Keaton, who I love Michael Keaton's Batman, but that's more just for nostalgia versus anything else. But I thought Val Kilmer was probably the best out of, the the other two that took the the mantle of Batman after Keaton and it was a good costume I like that costume uh, not so much the the nipple part but it looked <laughs> like it was more functional than yeah and probably a lot more comfortable well than and, the and, and ones. like I said that, that's one of the things that a lot of people have said about the Keaton costume is that because he couldn't move you know he was just a walk and punch kind of guy and that's some of the things that I didn't like about yeah that um all right so I'm gonna do my number four uh I'll do George Clooney uh, versus Tim Daly I really like. George Clooney, I think that he got a bad rap, kind of like Brandon Routh on his uh, Batman, because mm-hmm. uh, Schumacher just destroyed that film. It was, <laughs> you know, I mean, I even didn't necessarily hate Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze, but the, the dialogue and everything like that film was just just bad. Yeah, he, he was really punny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so, that's pun number two. <laughs> so George Clooney, I think... Didn't get a fair shot at uh, Batman. I liked his look of Batman. Uh, his Bruce Wayne, he never really got to be Bruce Wayne because in all the scenes of him as Bruce Wayne, he's at the house in a sweater, you know, things well, like that. Well, and he's also, they took away from it by having him engage to... Oh, yeah, that's right. ...whoever's character. I yeah. I remember. And it was just kind of, you know... Bruce Wayne wouldn't do that. He wouldn't right. get engaged to yeah. anybody. He wouldn't pour a person. He, into he, he may he may kidnap he may kidnap small children and train them as robins, <laughs> but he doesn't bring women into his house. Right. Um, <laughs> so and then versus Tim Daly, I mm-hmm. I love the animated Superman series. I'm not I'm not a big Superman fan in general. Yeah. But uh, Tim Daly, when I think about the voice of Superman, it, it's Tim Daly. You know, mm-hmm. there's been lots of other people that done the voice, but I really like Tim Daly's take on it. And to be honest, if you did a live action movie with George Clooney and Tim Daly, they'd be about the right age. They yeah. wouldn't look that bad as either character, uh, and it'd be a kind of a cool little. Uh, I think it's they're two very underrated actors who have played the roles. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And I think somewhere there would have been a good Green Lantern movie with Tim Daly as Hal Jordan. Yeah, Just for, like if you watch Wings and see him in like that. Leather, oh, that leather uh, jacket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that would have been kind of like cool. Hal Jordan. Uh huh. All right, Fred, what do you got for number three? My number three, uh, I went with uh, the opposite of uh, my number five, which I went with the darkest Superman with the brightest Batman. I went with Adam West 
versus Henry Cavill. <laughs> <laughs> and pretty much for the, the same but opposite reasons as my Affleck Reeve is just like the, the, the brightest Batman versus like the darkest, uh, Superman ever put on film. <laughs> uh, like the most, um, and I don't know. I mean, I'm surely like Adam West Batman would definitely have something in his bat utility belt. Right. That would definitely take care of Henry Cavill's Superman. And then, of course, that West had, like, you know, he had equally awesome oh, vehicles, man. Batmobiles, Batcopters. All kinds of gadgets. It was awfully colorful. Uh, yeah, yes. it was awfully colorful. That's a, <laughs> The that's brightest a, jello known to man. Like, that, that would be, like, where that, like, a dark metropolis and a bright, sunny Gotham or sister cities. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, well, that was my, my reasoning for those two for my number three. Okay. Uh, my number three uh, is Christian Bale and Henry Cavill, which I think is what everybody wanted for Batman versus yeah. Superman. I like Henry Cavill as Superman. I hope he stays on as Superman. There's a couple other actors I like better as Superman, and we'll get to those in a minute. Yeah. Um, and it's just because they, in some ways, were either underrated or they've proved themselves. Henry Cavill's still got a long way to go as Superman, and I think he's going to be my favorite Superman in the long run, mm-hmm. but I'm still on the fence with him on that. Uh, Christian Bale, I love a lot about what he did with Batman. The biggest complaint I have with him as Batman is the voice. I don't understand why they couldn't use a voice changer in those movies. Well, and and my other reasoning for these two together is it's the uh, laziest Batman versus the laziest Superman. <laughs> because uh, Henry Cavill feels like a Superman. He's had everything handed to him in the films, you know, yeah. really easy and everything like that. You know, one of my favorite scenes in the Superman movie, and I'll talk about this a little more, is uh, in Superman Returns, the, yeah. the machine gun against Superman. Oh, yeah. We didn't see anything like that with Henry Cavill, <laughs> and I would have loved to see something like that. Yeah. Um, and Christian Bale, we've we mentioned this before, he didn't do any detective work. Yeah. <laughs> he just went around yeah. and said, where is it at? Yeah. What do you want? Where were yeah, you? That, that weird thing with the bullet where he was shooting <laughs> that high-caliber gun at bricks yeah. just to see if he could find the caliber of the round. Was like, oh, and he spent very little time in costume. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So the the those are what I coined the laziest Batman versus the laziest Superman. <laughs> so what you got for number two, Fred? My number two would be the one that uh young child me would have loved to seen was uh Michael Keaton's Batman versus Christopher Reeve's Superman. Oh yeah. Which in my mind they lived in the same they were in the same universe. Yeah. As a kid. Even if that was something that was never going to happen. Because we never had any idea that like a shared universe would exist. Definitely uh, not in the movies at that yeah, time. Yeah, not in the movies. But like that, that's what I always picture. No, so that, that's always been like my, my dream to see like that, like probably the best Superman ever put on film for me anyway. Like who, who like that's who I picture in my head. Like maybe we'll get it, it if they ever do those computer generated well, actors. You know, yeah. And, and it's funny is it's something we could have gotten easily oh, yeah. during yeah. that time during because that time. by the time the first Batman movie came out in 89, Reeves was still still walking. Yes. Yeah. But he was still in I think a, he did another it, Superman movie because that's Quest for Peace came out after yeah. I thought it was before that. Was it really? It was real they were real close they together. Were real, yeah, but then that's what I'm saying cuz Reeves was still physically able to play that role. Right. Yeah, so yeah that was uh yeah, so like probably the best Superman ever done and it might not necessarily not necessarily the best Batman ever done but for like nostalgia's sake and like right. for, but for the, the, the special place the, Keaton's the, Batman the first the first Batman that really people had exposure to. Yeah. Yes. I mean, you can say what you want to about the, the, the Adam West Batman, and he did a lot for but there's a huge gap between Adam West and, as far as time gap, between Adam West yeah. and, and uh, Michael Keaton. Yeah. 
that we didn't have anything. So it was almost a generational gap. Yeah. Now, I remember watching the Adam West Batman on TV and everything, but when that first Batman film came out and we went and saw Michael Keaton and seen Batman on the screen, yeah. wow. You're like, that's the Batman from the comics. Right. Even, it, if it, even if it really wasn't. But, I mean, but like you couldn't escape like that Batman right. that summer. That, that Batman did for us what Robert Downey Jr. has done for Iron Man. That's for that, yeah. fair, fair enough. Yeah. So my number two, uh, is Kevin Conroy versus Tom Welling. Uh, Kevin Conroy in all senses of the word is the definition of Batman for yeah. me. Um, his voice is dead on. It's, yeah. it's, it's perfect. It works and everything like that. Him as the actor actually playing it, I don't know if it would work. I wouldn't mind seeing it, but uh, he, he's definitely a voice actor and everything like that. But, he definitely, I, he doesn't have the look. No, I, I like his idea of what I think he would be Batman as yeah. versus the Tom Welling Batman because yeah. I loved Smallville for a time, yeah. you know, uh, and I really like Tom Welling. And unfortunately, I think he would have been one that would have been good to transfer from the film to, or from the small screen to the big screen yeah. as Superman, but <laughs> it, it wasn't meant to be. And, uh, it's a shame, you know, like I said, I think he, he did a really good job as Superman and all that. And both characters have been in the roles for Kevin Conroy has been in it for what, almost 20 years now, yeah. if not 20 years, Tom Welling played that role for 10 years. So those characters have a, or those actors have that long standing status in fans eyes right. as when they think of those character of those characters, those are who they yeah. See in yeah, those spots. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it would be, uh, like a seasoned Batman versus a, like, still a kind of new yeah. Superman. But, uh, yeah, those, those, I, 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 I would like that matchup. I think that would be an interesting matchup. Yeah. Well, kind of like a movie that just came out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what's your, what's your number one, Fred? What do you got? Uh, my number one, uh, was what my, uh, honorable mention would have been. And I just went ahead and made it my number one because I was like, man, this is really crazy. And it's technically characters that never saw the light of day theatrically. Uh -huh. It was in production. So I went with uh, Nicolas Cage's Superman <laughs> versus Army Hammer's Batman. Nice. <laughs> that that and would I have, have been no fairly epic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have nothing to base on since there's nothing out there that would show like what Army Hammer's Batman would have been versus Nick Cage's like goofy Superman. There would have been like, a lot of pausing, and, uh, pausing for, you know, for Nicolas Cage's. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, because there was that video of Nick Cage here recently where he he did fight uh what's his name for Motley Crue. Oh yeah, I heard about that. And I was like, oh man, if they could, I'm gonna CGI Army Hammer in there, right? <laughs> but yeah, I mean that would because I like Army Hammer. I thought he was a good Lone Ranger. Ah, oh, yeah, Ranger. I really I liked him in Lone movie. Ranger. Well, uh, my number one is uh my two favorite actors that have played the two roles, and uh it's Ben Affleck versus Brandon Routh. Ooh. I love Brandon Routh as Superman. I felt bad that he didn't get to do his own Superman. Yeah. But for showing how good an actor he was to completely mimic Christopher Reeves mm -hmm. was fantastic to me. Well, and it was it was his first major movie right. at the time. So to get that kind of exposure, it, I mean, okay, sure, the, mo the movie didn't flop. We know that. Right. But it wasn't not well received for various reasons. But the fact that he's able to make maybe not necessarily a household name but you know he's been able to 
He, he's still it, working. <laughs> it definitely spurred him on to other things yeah. in his career yeah, that I still, cool you, we still see him. He's still a prominent actor. You can't say that about some of these, like Dean Kane or even Tom Welling. Right. You know, <laughs> uh, their careers pretty much ended after Superman yeah. for the most part. They, they were typecasted and Brendan Routh wasn't. No. Yeah. Um, and, uh, like I said, his ability to mimic Christopher Reeves to perfection just mm-hmm. blew me away. And again, like I mentioned earlier, one of my favorite Superman scenes is him going up against the guy with the, the minigun. Yeah. And just seeing the bullets just hit him and bounce and, and just like flatten and drop, you know, the scene where it hits him like in the eye and he doesn't even blink. I mean, okay. It's a little hokey, but it was really cool. <laughs> well, and it, it felt like. That's a Christopher Reeve Superman. It felt yeah. like that 1970s Superman. <laughs> you know, you know? And I like that. And then, you know, we, we talked at length already about Ben Affleck as Batman. And I loved everything about his Batman. Yeah. I can't wait to see him do more. So, for me, my number one is Ben Affleck versus Brandon Ruth. The best versions yeah. of Batman and Superman we've seen on screen, in my opinion. Well, that's uh that's pretty much it for the show. Um, we This is our first one, so, you know, be kind. Uh I don't know that we'll be on iTunes yet, but if we are, rate and review us. Um, uh, that way we can get more exposure and things like that. And if you like what you hear, uh, contact us on uh, Facebook, contact us on our email, contact us on Twitter, give suggestions, uh, let us know what you like, and we'll uh, see you on the next episode. Yep. This was Brian. This has been Fred. This is Chase. Gathered together from the cosmic reaches of the universe, here in this great hall of justice are the most powerful forces of good ever assembled. 